the kingdom of God. If you want to save your life, you must lose it for his name. But if you lose your life for Christ, you will find it. To become a leader in the kingdom of God, you have to become a servant, right? Matthew 16, 25, it says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. If you live for yourself, if you only live for your own happiness, for your own bank account to get larger and larger, for you to get a little bit of a better house, better car, better clothes, you think, if I could just get here, I'll be happy, Lord. But it doesn't work that way, does it? When you actually get there, situations change, and when you get there, it's just not enough. If you would just think, if I could just make $5,000 a month, when you once made $2,000 a month, you would think, oh my goodness, God, I could do so much for your kingdom. But once you get there, guess what? It's just not enough. If you drove a broken down car and you're praying, God, please don't let it break down. In the I used to have a car where after a certain, right, like the, the heating things go up. I'm like, no, please, no, God, no, God. And my dream was to just have a brand new car where I don't have to worry. But once I had a brand new, what was the, Honda Civic, red one. I thought, you know, Honda Accord sounds pretty good. <laughs> and I thought, I'm Korean. You know what? Benjamin, why don't you keep this Honda Accord? I think Hyundai Sonata is for me. It never ends. You think if you could just have little more, you'll be happier. But in the process of pursuing for more, you die within. Inside, you die little, even if you have more. Philippians 121, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But dying is hard, guys, isn't it? When I know I should say sorry to my husband after a fight, to die to myself and to say sorry I would rather actually die. <laughs> I'm just being real, guys. Dying is so hard. But when we learn to die, we truly can live. But you know what pandemic has done to all the Christians in the whole world? It made us do the opposite. Think about your life, past three and a half years. We had to do whatever it takes to stay alive. Even if it meant stop going to church. Even if it meant stop visiting your family members, getting together with your friends. Even if it meant you stop going to work. Hmm? And rightfully so in the beginning, right? But after a while, you know, when the government released the mandate, Something happened in our brain. It forged this, this brain pathway of comfort. And now comfort and safety became our top priority. Not 
our discipleship to Jesus, not worshiping Jesus, not serving Jesus, not laying down our lives for the kingdom of God. Our priority became our comfort. So even if the church door is open, oh, if I feel like it, sure. If not, I could next week. Comfort became our God. Hmm? Trying to save our own lives. Believers, disciples of Jesus Christ, started to die inside, one by one, little by little. People who are once passionate for prayer were not so much passionate anymore. People who are passionate about serving, not so anymore. People who were surrendered to Christ for your glory, God. Uh, uh, yeah, I still believe, I think I still believe. We fed our flesh little by little, and our flesh got bigger and stronger, and our spirit got weaker and smaller. Serving God is not so important anymore. Going to church is not that important anymore. Signing up for a mission trip? <laughs> Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, everybody say flesh. You will die. Look at your neighbor and say, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Look at your neighbor and say, you will live. We have been feeding our flesh for the past three and a half years, and we were dying little by little, and you didn't even know it. You kept feeding that flesh. Church, not today. Here go flesh. Pray. Netflix. Netflix. Here go flesh. Sunday shift. Sleeping in. Here go flesh. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. God is love, and he's speaking to you and I in his love. Amen? Are you hearing my words with love? Amen? What pandemic did to all of us was to keep on feeding our flesh, and that became a norm. That became a norm. It was a normal part of life, feeding flesh. And if your pastor preached about feeding your spirit, you just didn't feel right. I just can't strive anymore, pastor. I just don't feel it anymore, pastor. I'm just not okay with that anymore, pastor. And what pandemic had given the believers, not non-believers, not just a church goer, I'm talking about blood-bought, spirit-filled Disciples of Jesus Christ. Pandemic has given us excuses 
to remain dead. I just don't feel it anymore. Stay dead. I don't want to strive anymore, Pastor. Stay dead. I'm just not ready yet. Stay dead. I don't know if I believe anymore. You're almost dying. You're almost dead, actually. <laughs> I don't know if I believe in the organized religion anymore. Mm. Stay dead. I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't feel it. Excuses to remain dead. You may, your flesh might feel comfortable, but you're dying inside because that's not what you were made for. Hmm? When you look at Esther, Esther answers with, if I perish, I perish. You know about Esther, right? She was an orphan raised by her un uncle. She becomes the queen. And then there's this guy named Haman who hated Mordecai, her uncle. You know why? Because Mordecai like, would stand, and when Haman went by, because he was like high in honor, everybody bowed down. But you know what Mordecai did? He's like, I'm not bowing down to anybody, only to my God. And so Haman's like, what? Okay. And Mordecai got on Haman's nerves. And some people do that, right? Some people just gets under your skin. We have to overcome that by feeding our spirit. But Mordecai kept, not Mordecai, Haman kept feeding his flesh. And his hatred towards Mordecai grew. Just irritation turned into hatred of a person. And that hatred of a person became hatred towards the whole race. And now he had this big plan to kill every Jewish person. And so Mordecai's like, Esther, Esther, you got to do something. And if you look at four, chapter 4, verse 14, Esther's like, but I'm going to, I don't know. Like, if I go, I might die because you can't go before a king unless you have been called. Hmm? And then this is what Mordecai, who says, what Mordecai says to this Esther. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your fam father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I don't know what you're going through in your life in your job, in your family, in your school, in your situation. Maybe it feels like death. Maybe people are against you. Maybe death surrounds you. Maybe darkness surrounds you. But you know what? Instead of feeling like you're being killed, feeling like accusations are coming against you, maybe, just maybe, you could hear the voice of Mordecai speak to each, speaking to each one of you. Maybe. You have come to that position in your job, in your family, for such a time as this. And so 
Esther responds in verse 16. Okay, uncle, go. Gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Everybody say fast. I, don't, I know you don't like that word, but we've we got to embrace it, guys. Say fast again. I'm embracing it myself right now. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. If I perish, I perish. Esther was willing to lay down her life. Instead of trying to save her life, he was, she was willing to lose her life for God's people. And because of her willingness to die, not only was, she, was her life saved, but the whole Jewish community, her whole people group have been saved. Luke 13, 13, 17, 13, it says, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. So what do we do? Ask me, what do we do, pastor? What do we do? You have to say yes to death. Only way to live is to die. Romans 6, 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. You know what you have to say? God is looking for a radical yes from each one of you in this season. Yes to death. Yes to what was once life but feel like death to you right now. You know, when we had this sign-up ship for Indonesia... You know, usually before pandemic, it got filled up fast. But for a long time, nobody was signing up. After the pandemic, it's really, really hard. I can't even come to church on time. What do you mean? I have to pay my own money to go all the way to Indonesia? What? It was hard. I remember having a conversation with Sharon. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Sharon. Oh, well, <laughs> she doesn't mind. She's a missionary at heart. And she just, feel, she just felt like, I want to say yes, but I just don't feel it. Remember that? She just wasn't feeling it. And you know what I told her? I didn't say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. You know what I said? You just have to say yes. You just have to go. Sharon. If you're going to get out of this pandemic effect by yourself before you go on a trip, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. You just have to go. And once you go, guess what? Breakthrough will come. Sharon, did it come? It came. Man, she was alive on the mission field. Hmm? Pandemic was hard, guys, wasn't it? Towards the end, I told Benjamin, you know, like missions, yes, but pastoring, I don't know. Maybe it's time for me to retire. And Benjamin, usually Benjamin's like, no, Sonny. But this time he's like, maybe, 
I'm like, really? I tried to overcome this, like, just, I just wasn't feeling that spark inside. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, to come pray all night, it was just like, oh, it's like pulling 5,000 pounds to get here Friday night and trying to pray. And, you know, I'm, I'm praying, but in my heart and my head, I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. I, I really tried. It was so hard. I tried fasting. I really, I really tried so many times to beat my body into obedience, pray all night fast. Dude, you got to get out of this, this death clothing. Like I felt like I was draped with death even though I was alive, and I needed to break out of this, this, this tomb clothes. But I tried everything, but I just couldn't. Until I went to Indonesia last August. I didn't feel alive and excited. I just went. I just went because I, I just had to say yes. And once I got there, I became alive. All it took was a radical yes. But then when I came back, it's like 50% it was gone. But there were still like a little bit more. Like, oh, there's more breakthrough. What, how, how, can I, how can I break out of this, God? Like, I want to just burn and die for you. You know me. My dream was to die on the mission field for Christ. But you know what pandemic did? I wanted more than an orphanage. I wanted to stay at a five-star hotel. More than dying on the mission field, I dreamt about a better house, a bigger house. Until I received an email from an old friend from the Middle East. We need you. We're gathering missionaries and pastors from Middle East countries, and we're training them. We need you. And you know what? When I said yes, something, I haven't even gone yet, guys. The trip is until August. But when I said yes, Something. It was in the middle of the night. I just remember that email. I opened my computer and I typed yes. When I typed yes, something inside broke free and I was ready to die for Jesus once again. House, take it. If God says lay down the house car, I don't need it. I don't need it. But during the pandemic, I desperately needed it. But when I said yes, that radical yes, even before I went on that trip, even before I risked my life, my yes broke every death out of my heart. Radical yes is what God is looking for. Now, where's the... Uh, my Indonesia team, come, where's the, um, yes, Mike. 
you see these people right here, you know what I love is this. Come, come, stand in front. 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Isn't that amazing? Right? My sister's not here because she went back to San Luis Obispo. She would be right here. By age, she would be over there, but it's okay. It's okay. But you know what? I loved having this team. Even though it was one of the smallest teams, except for David, everyone had to give God that radical yes. When they signed up and they came to our missions team meeting, they were still, oh, how was your week? Oh, it was hard. I don't know if I'm ready. Everybody, oh, I'm not sure. Oh, but you know what? We're like, you know what? By you saying yes, you're going to overcome. You're going to break off every pandemic effect out of your life. And their radical yes, not only saved souls, not only healed bodies and delivered, bound, but you know what? They became alive. They became alive. Amen? I'm going to have David go last, okay? So what I'm going to do is, as part of my word sermon, I'm going to have my team give a short testimony of what they experienced. Their testimony, yeah? This is Miss Sherry. All right. Okay, I forget things, so I had to write mine down. So, ah, so I just want to thank God for giving us the heart to just, uh, just to represent Jesus' heart. Oh, sorry. Okay. I just want to thank God for giving us the heart to represent Jesus' heart to restore the lost. And that's what we were able to see there. Um, we know Jesus came on a mission to seek, save, and restore the lost. Mm. On this mission trip, I was able to see the authority of God as we shared with the people and loved on the children in the orphanage. Mm. Uh, Matthew says, then Jesus said his disciples, to his disciples, if any man would come after me and deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's the way I felt this team was um, during this past two weeks. By joining this team, watching them through illness, <laughs> high heat, concerns about family, fears of, fears of flying, which is probably me, I was convinced to follow Jesus no matter whatever the no cost. No matter what, yeah. Whatever the cost was. Yeah. So I just thank God for that. Yes. Amen. Um, so I wrote mine down too. Um, Another yes to missions did not only create a new experience, but also a new testimony in my life. I have experienced and developed such a powerful anointing, passion, and encouragement towards his kingdom, towards his presence, towards his sons and daughters. God taught me about himself on this trip that surrendering to his will opens up doors to blessings beyond measures. As someone who struggles to let go of the control I like to have towards my life, this trip taught me that letting go of what I want for God's will is always better, more fulfilling, and a blessing. God taught me unremarkable grace on this trip that I did not know I had in this way. My level of grace is limited, but seeing God pour into my cup with his grace towards the people of Indonesia that had no limits was a surreal experience. That alone blessed me tremendously. Being a part of this mission trip made me such an 
made such an impact on my faith and relationship with Jesus. The opportunity to serve the people in Indonesia was such a blessing. I am most excited to now apply this to my everyday life. Amen. I did not write mine out, but I'll keep it to a minute. In John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So here, this verse really resonated when I was in Indonesia because it says, we did not choose God, God chose us. And right before the pandemic, I had transitioned from part-time to full-time work. So in my mind, I didn't understand or see, couldn't imagine how I could do both full-time work in the corporate world, but also serve God on the mission field. But, you know, here it says God. And so I thought, God, you know, maybe that was just for my 20s. Maybe the hand, you know, maybe that's not my calling. But I think from this trip, just experiencing the presence of God, seeing like seeing him move so powerfully on hearts that are like desperate and open, just reminded me that I can do both. Like we can do both. Like I think yeah. we think we're limited to our capacity, but like Pastor Sonny said, when we give our yes to God, he empowers us to be able to serve God at home with our family at work, but also serve God on the mission field. And because he chooses us, he doesn't take that back. And so we just have to let him prune us and fruit doesn't bear itself. Like, we just have to be connected to the vine, and fruit will bear because God prunes us and grows fruit. So. Amen. Hi. Um, when I saw the kingdom clashes in Indonesia, I was, uh, again, awakened to the reality that we don't war against flesh and blood, but we truly war against the rulers, the principalities of the spiritual realms. Um, and so I learned that we really need power as children of God, and we were never called to be drifters in our faith. Yeah. And so when I looked at people like P.S. and my team members, I learned that servants of God who do spectacular things for his kingdom, they pursue his presence more than anything else in their daily lives. And this really poured out on the mission field. They all have a secret hiding place with the Lord, and we only reflect his greatness to the degree that we intimately know him and so it was an honor and a blessing to be able to experience that um, with my team here and so last but not least I'll pass it off to our beloved David I'm gonna <laughs> go here <laughs> but David come in the middle right here our kake David kake means grandpa in Indonesian and every all the children calls him kake David he is all the children's um, grandfather but you know what? We, we saw a lot. Like you saw in the video, we've seen that man who couldn't walk. You know why he couldn't walk? Because he was demon-possessed. First, I thought, I've never heard of people not being able to walk because of demons. You know, because of sickness or something. But then Benjamin's like, oh, Jesus rebuked the, the mute and deaf spirit. I'm like, oh yeah, right? And uh, he got delivered and that's when he started to walk. You know, we've seen like so much, but you know, like my heart was so full of gratitude because you didn't see because like the power moments, they were all praying for people. So we had nobody taking videos and pictures. When the spirit of God came down, like people were rolling, crying. I mean, it, it was a beautiful mess down there. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light would clash, and they would be on the floor. 
And you know what really touched my heart was like, I was telling Sharon, like my greatest highlight was seeing like Sharon disappear and then two hours later she comes back with red lobster face redness in her face because she had prayed all those time for a little for a, a junior high kid who was so demon possessed guys a demons tell him to kill his friends I mean like the things that he hears and did it's like I can't believe it but she and Sarah, our interpreter, who's the 40s that was missing here, she, they had to pray for him three separate times. And she really poured, they really poured out their lives, like their strength. I mean, red, it's like almost her sweat looked like blood, seriously, because her face was so red. Loving God's children. Setting the captives free. All those plane rides and boat rides, you, got, you have no idea what we had to do to get to Tello Island. But you know why we were able to do all that? Because we had the Father's presence. We had nothing to be afraid of because God the Father was with us. And the Father's protection, love, grace, wisdom, truth, anointing, was with us at all times. And for us on the mission field, that's what Kake represents. He represents the Father's presence. And sometimes he doesn't have to preach. He just goes to the orphanage. A child comes and lays her head upon his shoulder. And the Father's love just releases healing. Father's love establishes God's people in his love, in his, in his truth, and in the confidence in God. So the gift I wanted to give each one of you is will you just open your hands like this? And I want to allow Kake David to release the Father's blessings upon our church members. Go ahead, David. Hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to uh, share your love that you <clears throat> endowed on me to bless others with. It's not just for me, it's for others. We thank you, Father, that your love is being poured out. The Father's love is being poured out on all flesh. The fathers, the mothers, the grandfathers mm. that are, uh, you've called to raise up the next generation of kids. Yeah. We thank you, Father, that, that you are blessed beyond measure. Mm. The Lord said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, mm. I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Mm. What can man do to me? Yeah. So we thank you today, Father, that your love is being poured out immeasurably. Mm. The Father is always available. His love is always available. Mm. Well, the Word says, look to the Lord and His faith. Seek his face always. Mm. He's always available. He's always on time. Amen. Whenever mm. you need him. Mm. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for your many blessings towards us. Mm. Amen. 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 You may be seated. So my question to you is this. Stephanie, are you ready to die? 
my brothers and sisters, are you ready to die? Are you ready to lay down your life? for God you know yesterday at Pastor Vern's memorial service the moment that touched my heart was when Anthony was up here and Anthony when you said it was honor to take care of my dad to help him keep his dignity it was my honor to serve my dad that touched my heart because you know why it's our honor to serve our daddy is it easy not in the beginning if you die once you die it's easy guys it's so much fun and you know my testimony when my father left us for another woman and after I grew up, God said, go back to Korea, look for your dad, reconcile. And I, found, I had to go 15 years later, during my college years, I had to go find my dad. By the grace of God, I got to lead him to Christ. Two years later, he disappears again. And God says, go back and find him. So I did. Two years later, he disappeared again. He disappeared four times, and every time, God said, Sonny, go back, go back. And the last time, he couldn't run away anymore because he was in the elderly home. I don't know how to keep this on. Is this on? Oh, well. And after a couple of years, he was dying. And as soon as I got the phone call, I got on the plane the next day. And I got to be next to him. Next to a father who left me. And I got to give him the gift of dignity. Because if I didn't go, what would they do with his dead body? And I got to bury him. It was an honor. It was an honor. It was an honor because I did that for my earthly father because I loved my heavenly father. It was an honor. If we are just willing to lay down our life and really know the kingdom truth, that when we actually lay down our life for His sake, that's when we truly live. Hmm? Are you ready to die? I want you to answer that right now. Are you ready to die? Deep within your heart. Are you ready to die? Am I really ready to die? Lord, I want to be ready. First, you got to die to your comfort. You got to die to your comfort, guys. You got to bring down your comfort from the top priority. You got to ready to die and take up the cross. 
Jesus, who is God, left heaven for you and me. We could leave our comfort zone, can we? Because it's an honor. It's an honor to lay down our lives for His name's sake. How will you respond to the love and the sacrifice of Jesus? You know, your radical yes may be different than mine, and that's okay. Maybe some of your, your radical yes could be, Jesus, I will receive your sacrifice. I will receive your love. I've been living on my own, but I say yes to you, Jesus. And that's radical. That's radical, guys. And God will honor that radical yes. And some of you, your yes can be, I will commit to coming to church every Sunday. You think, uh, you might laugh inside, but that's serious business. Because I heard recently that enemy is not afraid of uncommitted Christians, but the enemy is afraid, mortified, scared of committed Christians. Rain, snow, storm, pandemic. God, I commit. I will commit to come to the house of God every Sunday to worship you, to, to tell you that you are my pride already. That's a radical yes if you haven't been doing it. Some of you, your radical yes could be. I will start tithing again. That control you think you're in control of your life, but you're not really in control unless you let go. Hmm? Radical yes. Yes. And maybe some of you, you do have that missions calling, just like me and Sharon and Merari and David and Rebecca and Miss Sherry. Maybe you need to sign up for the next mission trip. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Will you stand up? You know, I've never had this give me so much problem. <laughs> there. I want you to respond to God's calling. What's, what has kept you? From your radical yes maybe fear fear of losing control fear of losing fun fear of losing comfort what is it what's keeping you I'm so sorry to say this but for some of us for some of us we have to say yes and I'm looking at Benjamin because as for both he and I we have to yes we have to say yes to another level of fasting. Oh, God. Because isn't fasting another form of losing our lives? Hmm? Willing to give up our rights to eat? Denying the desires of the flesh? For us, that's a radical yes. Come on, I want you to respond to God. 
Where? What is God calling you? To what? Come on, allow the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would speak to each one of your sons and daughters today. That they would hear your voice and they would respond to your voice with a radical yes. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Because when we die, we truly, we truly live. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to live again. Show us where we've been feeding our flesh. Show us where we need to stop feeding our flesh. And show us how we could start feeding our spirit. Where is that radical yes you're calling us to, Lord? You know, I haven't done this for a while. But sometimes radical yes, oops, has to be more than just a silent response, right? Somehow we have to show how radical your yes is by action. So with every eye closed, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open our ears to hear the voice of our Father speaking to each one of us and give us courage to lay down our comfort, our fear, our desires, that we would truly, God, be the disciples of Jesus, that whether we live or die, we live and die for you. this is a little bit different because I'm usually screaming, telling stories, urging you. More than emotional response, I want your will to respond right now to God. With, with every eye closed, if there's anyone that wants to say yes to Jesus. I want to I wanna say yes to salvation. I want to say yes to living for Him and with Him. If there's anybody that is saying, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want to commit my life to Jesus, is there anyone, if you would just show me your hand, I will pray for you. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yes. Anybody else? I see that hand back there. This is what I want us to do. If God had told you something specific and you're saying yes to that, I don't care how small it is. To you, it could be pray every day for five minutes. 
That could be a radical yes because you haven't prayed for months and years. I don't know. Whatever it is, fasting, mission trip, coming to church every Sunday, whatever it is, if God has showed you, called you, and you're saying yes to that, I want you to come. Walk to the front and stand at the altar. You're saying yes. You are getting out of your comfort zone. You are laying down your comfort. And you're saying yes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Father, I declare over your sons and daughters that are responding to you by their radical yes. God, you have spoken and your sons and daughters are saying yes. And in their yes, God, I haven't even gone to the Middle East yet. But when I came, when I woke up that middle of the night and I gave you my yes, something happened inside and you broke the spirit of death off of me. You broke comfort off of me and you gave me that spark of life. Everything changed at that moment. So I declare over your sons and daughters, Lord, as they respond with their radical yes, everything changes. God, you are giving life where there was no life. You are releasing life, true living, true living through their radical yes. Radical yes. Come on. I want to give you a little bit more time. Come on. Don't look at me. You talk to God. Come on. A little bit more. Even those of you that haven't heard anything, just ask God, God, where where are you calling me? God, I want to be closer to you. I want to walk with you. Come on. Talk to God right now. Don't let me just pray for you. You pray. You, You reach out to God. Father, I take authority over every torment of the enemy. Torment of the enemy, God, that have come against your sons and daughters, Lord. Get about God, maybe in the form of depression, discouragement, disillusionment apathy God break it off right now break it off right now the enemy has lied to your sons and daughters you're not you're you're not in love with God anymore that's not you anymore you're not passionate for his kingdom anymore that's a lie and we break that lie off of your sons and daughters heart in Jesus name you are a passionate lover of Jesus you are sons and daughters of God you are passionate servants of God in Jesus name you love his presence you love his word you love his kingdom you love his body you love him you love him you love him father I declare that truth over your sons and daughters Lord father I cancel every lie God I cancel every lie that have established your sons and daughters in the lies God we have listened to the lies way too long we break it off in Jesus name everything changes everything changes God you are shifting God spiritual atmospheres even over their homes over their works over their families over their ministries 
in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this doesn't end here at the altar, but that everyone would experience life, spiritual life, even tonight, Lord, as they kneel by their bedside, God, release new life as they open the Bible. God, what was once dead, make it alive, Lord. Make it alive. Make their spiritual walk alive. Breathe life. Release breath of God upon the spiritual lives of your sons and daughters. Let everything change. Let everything change over your sons and daughters, Lord. We thank you, God. We love you. We say yes to you. Daddy, we're ready to die for your name. It's our honor. It's an honor to serve you. It's an honor to love you. God, it's an honor to lay down our lives for you, our King, our Lord, our Jesus. Our lives, our feet, our hands, our future, our careers, our tomorrows, all for your kingdom, all for your glory. Holy Spirit, lead and guide us step by step. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You ready to die? Then you will truly live. Amen? God bless you. We'll see you next week.